Democracy, it is claimed, is the power of the people. What is this power? Where does it come from and how is it manifested? How do a people with no faith have power? The best illustration of the power of the people is in a revolution. A close approximation is the mob that wrecks havoc on a jurisdiction. The power of the people can also be seen in gangs, flash mobs and various demonstrations in which a large group of persons gather to exercise the raw power of the numbers. Such depictions may seem unfair. The common understanding of a democratic organization is orderly lines of polite persons waiting for a chance to mark a ballot. But this vision presents a truncated and very subdued way of thinking about democracy. Power must be exercised to exist, and power is invariably physical or is backed by physical threats of force. The power of the ballot is a weak voice and the power of the people to impact government is constrained by the power of the military and police services. But we still see protests get out of hand and revolutions succeed. Rulers are overthrown and the people do not always restrict their power to what the ballot provides. The concept behind the Constitution's Second Amendment is to give the people a backup power should the ballot box fail them. The idea of a physical challenge to an American election is ironic since the Constitution specifically alludes to the ultimate right of the people to take power in whatsoever way they need to when they believe their ultimate power is challenged. However, regardless of the power of the ballot or gun there is a greater power. That is the power of the market. The market is the activity of property owners bartering the product of their hands and minds. This depiction may be challenged but anything more than this is not the market. Some call this a free market but this is because in a free market one only needs money to engage. The free market is a liberal invention and like democracy is open to all persons. The concept of the free market makes the same mistake democracy does, at least in its modern manifestation. In a democracy everyone has the right to vote. The definition of the voter becomes broader by the decade. At one time only the emperors will mattered, then nobles obtained a seat at the table, then the rich merchant, then property owners, then all men and finally women. But many want room to be made for younger and younger persons, prisoners and even non-citizens. It appears that if a person can mark a ballot someone thinks they ought to participate in elections. But this highlights the real problem with democracy. The power of the people is unverified, unjustified and ultimately an incoherent idea. We saw this above where the physical power of the people to impose their will on society by means of its numbers was constrained and channeled into what psychobiology calls displacement activity. Rather than allowing the people to fight it out physically, their aggression is sublimated and channeled into a political battle of words and campaigning. The physical war becomes a political war. But apart from their numbers the people have no right to vote. It would be more honest to say the elites have insufficient power and reason to block the power of the people. Better to channel it into less destructive pathways. Interestingly, the vote itself is a right. There is no power in the vote and no power in an election. All it is in truth is a considerable number of persons marking pieces of paper to indicate their preferred person out of a narrow range of possibilities. There is no necessary connection between the vote and the person in authority. The entire political process is a religious experience tied into Eastern mysticism. A correlate might be the woman getting married. She gives herself to her husband. But it is a risky step. 
Ceremonially she has become subservient to the male as they have become one. The wedding is the bride voting to elect a specific male to represent her. But is he an autocrat or a democrat? Does he have absolute power or simply a voice at the table? Her marriage is the voter deciding how much power will be transferred to the state, meaning how subservient will the subject be to the state? If the man is wealthy the subservience of the wife is less oppressive than if the man is a poor man and a poor earner. For the wife of a poor man his dictatorship can be very oppressive indeed, intolerably so. So, it is with the electorate. If the state is prosperous the state can govern autocratically and still serve the needs of the people. But if the state is extremely poor, an autocratic state is a tyranny. This is simply because no amount of electoral support puts food on the table if it was not grown or obtained through trade. A group of persons stranded cannot solve the problem of scarcity by electing a government. The state can only distribute what exists. No amount of broadening the electoral base or expanding the power of the electorate will put food on the table or roofs over heads. Yet, this is really what is wanted and needed. We can argue endlessly about who has the right to vote but in the end it is only possible to argue in favor of democracy after the fact, after the people who matter produce what Democrats want to share. In a real sense, democracy is the thief coming in to rob the homeowner after he has earned something worth stealing. Imagine a group of persons who land on an undeveloped and uninhabited island. The group might form a government and they might have an election but in the end nature prevails. A wide range of things need doing and it makes sense for each person to do what he or she does best. The hunter hunts, the fisherman fishes, the builder builds, and the cooks cook, and so on. Who has the greater authority over the hunt other than the hunter? Who has the right to decide how a building will be built but the builder, and so on? It is not who has the right to rule, or who possesses the ultimate power, it is how does the group establish relative values. With governments it is a matter of determining what the government needs to do to retain power. The state's priority will generally be the provisioning of a force for external defense and a force for maintaining internal order. The state will prioritize the bureaucracy and the institutions through which its power is exercised. But it must still decide which has more value, a road or a school. There is always scarcity compared to the needs and wants of the people. Value determines how scarce resources are allocated between infinite needs. The community could use gold coins. But gold might also be needed to make utensils, bowls, and other things. There will be an expansionary demand for gold, which will increase its scarcity. People will preferentially hoard it so as to take advantage of its rapidly increasing value. But now the question becomes one of what is a $1 gold coin valued at. Is it worth its metallic value or its denominational value? Democracy suggests the people have power, but they cannot dictate the worth of anything. This is the province of the market. All democracies do, whether directly or indirectly through their representatives, is bring about chaos in the market. It is the producer of products and services that determine the value of what he produces within the setting of a market. The market can define the value of gold, but it cannot define the value of a gold coin. This is done by fiat, and it is just another indication that democracy is a failed idea. Inches, yards, miles, pounds, kilos, and so on do not inflate. Neither ought our unit of account. Trust is the ultimate power. 
Faith is the power of the believer to create equity. But there must be trust between believers to experience the power of faith. But how does one establish faith or build trust where value is established by the possession of assets? If our sole purpose is to accumulate physical property, what role does faith play? If the value of one asset is expressed by the value of another, the economy contains risk. Where there is risk, there is a threat of loss. Asset-based money represents a risk because the relative value of the currency may inflate against products and services. Using an asset as a currency is akin to using bubble gum as a measuring tape. To create resilience and reduce fear requires faith. Faith covers a multitude of sins, fear, hate, and justice are among them. If we cannot trust one another, fear will be an issue. Asset ownership is a wall of protection around the fearful. People who live in faith do not need to own assets. It is by our works we are known. Works produce equity and it is this we own, not the asset. These belong to God. Property ownership is not the same thing as the possession of property. We can and do possess assets, but we do not own them, not legitimately. The only way we possess assets is by the use or threat of force, whether directly or indirectly. We own what we create. We create value by means of work that modifies an asset. We do not own the asset, we own the value added to the asset through work. This is what is known as the labor theory of value. But until we can separate equity from assets, an economy cannot utilize the labor theory of value. Believers form a trust, a physical manifestation of their faith. The trust represents the believer's level of faith. To create a trust requires believers to vest themselves of assets. The more assets they divested themselves of, the greater their faith. A theocracy ideally has eliminated all ownership of assets and lives by faith alone. A trust provides an account to every believer that invests in the trust. This is an act of faith. Donations of assets to the trust are matched by the issue of equity deposited as credits to their account. Deposits and earnings are recorded as credits. Purchases are recorded as debits. The unit of account is the preferred share units issued by the trust in response to the value created by believers. The equity unit is called a prefer, which is a contraction of preferred share and designated by the symbol. A theocracy is faith transformed into works of faith that create trusts. It is by means of the amalgamation of trusts that a theocracy is formed. So democracies are simply groups of persons who collectively take control of the assets of the group, whereas a theocracy is an expression of faith that permits the divestment of assets and the formation of trusts.